Hiring is hard. Express Employment Professionals make it easy. Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, being ghosted, and interviewing unqualified applicants. Visit ExpressPros.com to let the pros help you. Express Employment Professionals is your full-service workforce solution, connecting you with top talent fast. With more than 40 years in the staffing business, Express helps thousands of companies find great team players each year, and they can help you too. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the location near you. Is your calendar filling up with weddings and invites? Are you trying to figure out the perfect outfit and gift for each of the events? Well, then head over to Macy's.com and check off your to-do list at Macy's. They've got the latest spring dresses, shoes, jewelry, clutches, so you can pull together a look for any dress code. Plus, they have incredible cookware, home decor, and bedding that would make the perfect gift. Check out Macy's Wedding Shop to help you get celebration ready at Macy's.com slash wedding shop. This show is partnering with No CD to raise awareness about relationship OCD. OCD is more than what you see on TV and in the movies. Imagine having unwanted thoughts about your relationship stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. That's relationship OCD. It comes with unrelenting, intrusive images, thoughts, and urges about your parenting or loved one. Breaking the OCD cycle takes effective treatment. Go to NOCD.com to get evidence-based treatment. That's NOCD.com. This year, Kind Snacks is inviting you to leave behind the diet and wellness fads that are no longer serving you. Instead, grab a Kind Bar, a nutritious and delicious way to eat more of the real whole recommended foods that we're not eating enough of, like nuts and whole grains. All Kind Nut Bars lead with first ingredient, nutrition-dense whole nuts, and they're gluten-free. Get great flavors everyone will love, including caramel almond and sea salt and peanut butter dark chocolate. Shut out the noise, trust your taste buds, and shop Kind Bars at Amazon today. Baby shark. Ready? I don't have a rundown, so I had nothing. Okay, thank you. Well, it wasn't on my side, Jeez, people. Diva. Let's go. Wind Down with Janet Kramer, an iHeartRadio podcast. One year, and she's just diva over here. Happy one year. Congratulations. Um, I can't believe it's been a year of doing this show. I know. It actually seems like it went really fast. It seems it like does. it went by really fast, but then also I'm like, are we still doing it? Like, you guys still want us? Uh, yes. <laughs> Please? We sure, sure do. That's where I'm like, my, I'm like, love me. If love you me. open an Us magazine, you'll see why. <laughs> we sure, sure do. Because poor Jana and Michael. I mean. Get, no matter what they say now. Well, I'm honestly afraid to sometimes say things now because I'm like, no, well, I don't, don't want be, this to get picked thank up. Thank you, E, and thank you, people, <laughs> and thank you, Us Magazine, for now listening. The last one when they talked about Olivia Colbert. I couldn't handle that. I, I couldn't handle that. I died. I was like, oh, my gosh, Michael, now you're making the headlines. I was, honest, like, I was like, who gives a shit what I have to say about that? <laughs> like, why? Apparently, like, why? us and E do care. <laughs> no one cares. No, no one else cares. I'm well, for it. I mean, uh, people liked it, but way. no, I just, it's been a yeah, year and I just, Trust. thank you, Keep Amy. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Easton for, uh, for, for dealing with us for a year. It's been our pleasure. And thanks for Mike for, for jumping on board with us. I think that's why it definitely doesn't feel like a year why? because, you know, I came on what, September. Yeah. I so guess it's so. like, you know, we've been doing it since September, but you were doing it for several months before. And that. I've known you for so much longer. So yeah. it feels like I'm all mixed up in my time. Right. But I love it. This is our one year. And I just want to say thank you to everyone that listens to the show because we could not keep going if we didn't have the downloads. So that's right. And the emails. They and like the emails, make yeah. me cry and laugh. 
and because I get them first and then I send them to you guys. Right. And it's like, these people are the coolest. Yeah. And they're so and, open and willing to share. And it just, even if you don't get a response, we read them all and it means so much. I try to respond to everybody. Yeah. Our wind down listeners are the best. So do you want to make thank a big you guys. announcement? What's the big announcement? We have a big announcement. <laughs> do you know the big, do I need to make the big announcement? It, Should Mark do the big announcement and it's radio for <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, okay. It's like, <laughs> right, it's a yeah, very uh, right? exciting, okay. not exciting. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Well, Wind Down with <laughs> Jana Kramer is getting a name change. It is. It's called Vasectomies with... <laughs> 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 it's called Sex Talk with Jana and Mike. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, that's it. It's going to be Wind Down with Jana Kramer and Mike... Gossip. Wait, so this brings up like a very big debate because I call you Michael and Mike. Like I just sort of switches off depending on kind of like, I don't know what, what do you like? You should be, oh God, are we not, do we need to revert the camera? I I actually, (laughs) I actually go by John, my middle name. What? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, um. I think it's because, you know, you are affiliated, affiliated with Jana and she always calls me Michael, yeah, right? That so that's how, like, that. you know, me is specifically through Jana initially and she calls me Michael. No one else really calls me Michael. Um, so I respond to whatever. What should we put on the logo? Because <laughs> we're changing the name, babe. <laughs> the we're adding you on there. people that print things. <laughs> now we have a dilemma. <laughs> what do you want to go What do you with? want? I don't know. What do we want? I think Michael because it's your formal. Oh, no. Oh, Jana going to say Mike. I was going to say just Mike. I, the Mike K- Carson, the K- K- is kind of hard to it say. It is hard to say. So, uh, I think so Michael, it should be Michael. Michael should, Carson, should we, should we have people vote? I agree. <laughs> okay, this is no, I agree with you, Mark. PTSD to the vasectomy because nothing was more uncomfortable than the fact that you'd had the vasectomy and Jana was like, I'm not sure we should have done it. And I'm like. <laughs> right. Classic Jana. I was in the room looking at Mark like, is this happening right now? Because he had it. That's my wife. <laughs> that is my wife. Everything she second guessed. We're. <laughs> Every trip, every plane trip that we have, we'll be sitting there waiting to get on the plane. Jan's like, should we have done a different flight? Should we we have left like earlier? Should we have left later? She can't. It's physically impossible for her not to make a comment about should we have taken this flight? It looked like it went wrong with your flight home from Scotland. I'm not going to lie. Something looked bad when I saw Jana on the floor of the airport. But I was on the floor. I thought you were just sitting on the floor waiting. Oh, yeah, I was. We were waiting. And then the entire time I was like, we shouldn't have taken this flight. And I'm looking at other right. flights. He's like, you physically cannot get, like, you stay on the same flight. She's like, like no. should we just flown out straight out of L.A.? Because we didn't because we went from Seattle and then went over. Because we tried to save some money. It was, it was significantly was, cheaper to but, do. Oh, but then Gianna was like, which, so it's just, I don't know, it's a pain. It's hard. But I, I have a hard time sticking so to my travel plans. Michael right. or Mike? <laughs> What do you want it to be, babe? I think Mark brought up. I thought Mark brought up a great (laughs) point. Michael just flows better. And actually, when I talk to people on the phone and they ask me my name, I say Michael Cawson because I've said Mike Cawson too much. People call me Mark. People call me Mm -hmm. Matt. Mm -hmm. It's just because that Mm -hmm. back to back. Mm -hmm. People call you Matt from Mike. Don't ask me. Ask those people. (laughs) It's their fault. It's like the lady that yesterday in the airport called me Juna. I go, where in your right brain does Jana wanted Jana... To, This is the lady that takes our ticket before we walk down the tarmac. Jana <laughs> wanted to stop, turn around, and go ask her. I'm like, just keep walking. I'm like, I was it like, where did matter. she get the U? Like, it says Jana. So, like, ah <laughs> uh, is A. Juna? 
I didn't get that one. I'll get I'll get Jaina. Well, I'm fine with all the other Juna ones. Juna and Mac, congratulations. <laughs> That's it. All right, so it's one now year. officially wind down with Jana Kramer and Michael Cawson. Yeah. That'd really suck if we lost like a lot of listeners. So now if you two <laughs> oh can my. just get into a big fight and maybe Jana cries, we're off to a good start. There we we're off go. to a great start. You know, I just feel like we, you know, Mike's been on since September, obviously, because, um, you know, Miss Jen is so busy with Ryan and everything else. And, you know, with Michael and I, what we have and what we're doing and wanting to do and helping people. And I'm like, it shouldn't just be my name on there. So... I do love my husband, and I want him. Mike put on his diva hat (laughs) and started saying, "I want my name on there too." I actually did that too, but it's not true. (laughs) He did not do that. I don't think he. I just, I I just care about him, and I want him, you know, to he he deserves to have his name up there too. Oh well, thank you guys. Yay! Well, we're very grateful to you guys for being so open with no filter, and please continue. You're welcome. We'll try. Although I do get really scared, though. We don't have to try. We just have to try not to. Well, honestly, the, the funny thing is when you were talking about Olivia, in my brain, I was like, okay, I know that one of the writers from E! listens to the show because he's so sweet. And I was just like, I have to be careful because if I say I don't like her, that's going to be the te- like the headline. You just said it. But I don't not like her, though. I'm not saying I don't. Mm. I'm just, I have to be careful with that. Right. Politically correct. I never said I don't like her. I mean, you basically called her a social climber, but that's fine. That was your opinion. (laughs) So anyways, let's get to what, you know, like Michael says, he wants to talk about the important stuff. That was what you said. You're like, I don't want to just talk about this celebrity. You wanted to, and this is, you know, again, since this is the start of our show together. Right. You really wanted to talk to this guy today. And so Amy, our amazing producer, made it happen. Do you want to kind of give a backstory before we get them on the phone? Yeah. And to Jana's point, it's, it's you know, we want to talk about everything, but we realize what the listeners want to hear and what they want us to talk about. And so the guests that we're going to have on the show today, very uh, important for me um, specifically, just because their names are Jason and Shelly Martinkus. Jason is an author. He wrote this book titled worthy of her trust didn't shelly write it with him she did uh like shelly's thoughts like throughout the book uh-huh. she like kind of put her thoughts her two cents her feelings and you know wrote them down within the chapters mm-hmm. um and this was probably one of the first books in recent memory that i've read like cover to cover multiple times and this book was given to me when i was in rehab for sex addiction and really kind of shaped my whole mindset around recovery, around forgiveness, around trust, around everything. Like this, this book impacted me the most out of any book that I read when I was in treatment, out of any workbook, out of any big book, out of anything. This was the book that I always referred back to. So personally, I'm very, very excited and feel very privileged to be able to talk to this guy and his wife and express that to them and ask them some questions. Yeah, I'm excited too, just from like the, the wife's standpoint with all of us too. And because there's been so many people that email us and ask us how we do it. And it's nice to see someone that's, you know, we've been doing it for what, four years now? Yeah. Well, three years in recovery, but, you know, 16 years they've been, they've been married. So I'm, I'm just super excited to kind of pick their brain because there's, I know a lot of people that have questions as well on how to get through things. Yeah. And some of the things that he talks about in this book that we'll ask them are, are, you know, 
are topics that whether addiction or not, any relationship that deals with any kind of infidelity can definitely benefit from. For sure. So are they on the phone right now? They are. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll talk to them. Okay. Sounds good. All right, guys, it's the last week to get your tickets. This week, the podcast tour, Wind Down, is going on the road. We're going to be in um, Alexandria, Virginia, May 16th. On the 17th, we're going to be in New York. And on the 18th, we're going to be in Boston. So go to JanaKramer.com to get your tickets. It's going to be an awesome show. We're going to be talking, winding down, and I'm going to sing a lot of new songs. Hope to see you guys there. Maybe you've considered a sleep number bed but thought you couldn't afford one. But can you really afford another restless night's sleep? Well, there's never been a better time to save on proven quality sleep. Now during the Memorial Day sale, a Queen 360 smart bed starts at only $9.99. Look, so many couples disagree on mattress firmness. (laughs) And honestly, I laugh because uh, Michael and I argued about the firmness of our bed all the time. I like softer. He likes harder. Wait, (laughs) let's just... (laughs) Let's just keep it about the bed. But seriously though, we like different firmness, okay? So with the Sleep Number 360 bed, we can choose the firmness that is ideal for both of us. The Sleep Number 360 smart beds are so smart, they actually sense your every move and automatically adjust to you, keeping you sleeping comfortably throughout the night. Sleep Number has been ranked the highest in customer satisfaction with mattresses by J.D. Power. For 2018 award information, visit jdpower.com. Um, And I like to give practical gifts to my family. So I just ordered one for my mom for Mother's Day because my mom likes a soft mattress, but my dad likes a more firm mattress. Now they can both get what they want. And the good news is, is they're divorced. So (laughs) that works out perfect too. Come in during the Memorial Day sale and save 1,000 on a new Sleep Number 360 Special Edition smart bed for a temperature, balancing comfort at an exceptional value. You'll only find Sleep Number at any of the 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Find the one nearest to you at sleepnumber.com slash Jana. It's time for spring cleaning. Quip's got an easy way to start. With your brushing habits, just two minutes twice a day can help pave the way to a healthier mouth and mind. And now the whole family can get refreshed with Quip. The new brush is the same as our original version. It's just tweaked for size down mouths. Kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels like the products like the adults use in their life. And they're proud to use Quip. So help them develop a grown-up routine without childish gimmicks. Um, you know, for Jolie, it's great because she sees me brushing my teeth and we kind of make it like a bedtime routine, which is awesome. And there's that built in two minute timer too, which is dentist recommended. And another thing is that you're actually supposed to change the toothbrush heads every three months. But the great news is they're automatically delivered on that dentist recommended schedule every three months for just $5. So it's just a friendly reminder to be like, Hey, got to check that oral health and it's time to change the toothbrush. So Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professions. So Quip just starts at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Jana right now, you can actually get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash Jana. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Jana. Okay, so before we get them on the phone, though, um, anything from Scotland we want to talk about? How unbelievably amazing it was. That was the best trip ever. I will say this. I feel like I'd put this on my Instagram, but we we live our lives for our kids. And I sometimes think that we forget to kind of nourish our relationship. Mm-hmm. And that was such a connecting trip. Without trying. Without, yeah, without, without forcing it. Without forcing it. Without yeah. being like, we have to do this and we have to do that. and Yeah. Like we just, we didn't even end up having sex. 
We didn't. You tried. <laughs> yeah, you're super- You tried. He came in the room at like, because the time change was like really throwing me off too. I was super tired, but you came in around like 1030. <laughs> no, yeah, around like 1030, 11. And you were trying. I was like, back off, boy. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty. Ain't happening. It was a pretty stern. But it didn't, like we didn't need to. It wasn't even no, about that. That's, we that- went for the most, oh, by the way, Mark, we went for a walk in the woods, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the forest, and Michael fell in a waterfall. Oh, <laughs> it was all for the picture and I not s- falling. No, 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 like no, he no. wanted to go down in the middle of the waterfall, to like step on this rock for Jana to take a picture from this bridge. People get seriously injured doing this stuff for these I selfies. Know. I know. You gotta I know. be careful. And, and all of a sudden he slips on moss, which I knew I was like, <laughs> okay, this is wet moss. It's going to be slippery. And I still slipped and fell. Luckily I caught And myself. so he gets like halfway. I'm screaming like, Michael, Michael, no. And I mean, I thought for sure he was going all the way down, oh. it, but it was but the most, it was the most beautiful walk back to the castle. It was just, it, it was like out of Jurassic Park, how beautiful and green and just, I mean, I, it was, I was Lord of the Rings meets Jurassic Park meets like a fairy tale. It was incredible. It, it was, was, it was honestly the best. And I, I want to go back there for our 10 years because you can rent out the castle. It's called the Dunske estate and you can rent out the castle and there's activities estate. It's a castle. It's an estate. You don't think it's a castle? <laughs> no, it's an estate. Oh, I think it's a castle. They say it's a castle. No, they say estate. <laughs> I want to show okay. Mark a picture. It's a castle. <laughs> I'm not sure what <laughs> What's the determines difference? that. It I, looks like a just castle. Just based off of what Anne and Alistair called it. I mean, they never claimed it to be a castle. It's an estate. It's a family estate. I mean, it looks like a castle. It's gorgeous. It's a, yeah. You don't think it looks like a castle? No. Really? No. This is the, what is it called? Look it up. Dunskey Estate. How it is, looks like a castle. D-U-N-S-K-E-Y. D-U-N-S-K-E-Y. Oh, it's key. It's key. It's key. Are you still in Scotland, babe? It's key. Struggle City. Okay. I think, I think, I think. You agree with? Here's what it says. Dunskey Estate is an Edwardian castle. With self-catering accommodations, holiday cottages, blah, blah, blah. Interesting. Dunsky Estate Private Castle. Yeah, it looks like a castle. It is a castle. That's pretty awesome. It, it was literally the most amazing. I will never forget that wedding. Because I, I relate to this just because whenever my wife and I get away, mm-hmm. it's instantly like it's 20 years ago and we don't have kids yet. Like that, that early part of your relationship comes right back. Yeah, and we were just like laughing we had and fun having fun. and laughing and joking around. And having good conversations. Like nothing was forced. Yeah. Was- How long were you there? Three days. Thursday, really. I mean, we were there Thursday, but that was just... That was, we were delirious the entire time. Michael's like driving two hours from the Glasgow airport and he's like, I'm... You struggle city. Yeah, it was was brutal. So Friday, So really Friday, Saturday was like two full awake. And no sex the whole time, huh? No. No, We just... (laughs) Janet went to bed earlier than really everybody every night. I and I just, I, I wasn't, I didn't want to go to bed. I just wanted to, like one night she went to bed and everyone else was doing like a whiskey tasting. I sat in this, it's like their bar room. And it, in the castle. It kind of, see, yeah, it, it kind of felt like a, uh, like an old timey, like country club locker room type of feel. Just, you know, big, beautiful chairs and couches and a big, you know, wood burning fireplace with a bar behind you. And just, I just sat there. I just sat there by myself. It was so relaxing. Just drinking a coffee and having a drink and looking out the over like out the window over the estate. It was it was unbelievable. I did have one panic attack the first night we were there. We hadn't slept in thirty six hours, mm-hmm. and it. I woke up at a, uh, eleven o'clock and everyone was still up. And so then I started freaking out, like, oh my gosh, the closest hospital is like two hours away, and oh my gosh, what if I like pass out and this and that? And then I was finally like, I looked out the window. 
and I just, I got a cold compress, which always helps me with my anxiety. And then I just laid in bed, did some deep breathing. And I was like, I'm in a beautiful place. I'm okay. And then I went to bed and I was fine the rest of the trip. Thanks was, for not waking me up. You're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, should we get them on the line? We have yeah. them both. Let Let's me okay. get them in right now. It's fine. Jason, Shelley? Uh-huh. I'm here. Yay. Hi. Hi how are you? <laughs> Great. How are you? We're good. We are so excited to have you on Wind Down. We really appreciate it. Um, Mike has been um, chatting with the producer for a while to get you on the show. So we're super excited that you both are on and we just, we're, we feel very fortunate. Oh, thank you for having us. No, of course. And again, thank you for making the time. And, and we gave, before we got you guys on, I kind of gave the listeners a little backstory of, um, you know, the book, Worthy, Worthy of Her Trust, and the, the impact for me with that book. And I just wanted to share that with you guys, too, because I admitted myself into rehab for sex addiction back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 20, yeah, yeah, 2016. Um, summer yeah. Of, of 2016. And uh, y'all's book was, with all the literature and all the stuff that I read when I was in treatment, y'all's book was the book that really shifted and was able to change my life, change my mindset and change just how I thought about things. Um, you know, it was one of the, I, it was the first book and I don't even know how long that I read cover to cover multiple times. And a, a buddy of mine that or a guy that I became close with in, in treatment that I still talk to to this day, him and I, when we got out of treatment, we always referred back to y'all's book Aww. and remember what Aww. they said here, remember what they said there. And it was, it, it really was, it, I just want to thank you guys for writing that, for being willing to open up like that, because it just, for me, if it's just one person, y'all's book changed my life for the better, which ultimately changed Jana and I's life because I was able to think and act a different way because of it. Wow. Oh man, thank you. Thank you guys. That's, That's awesome. really cool. Um, so I guess I want to start with Shelly. Shelly, so you... um. You confronted Jason, right, about infidelity? Yes, So was I did. It, was it just something where you just, you kind of knew, like you knew in your heart of hearts? Because a lot of people ask me, they're like, how did you know? How did you know? And for me, it was just, I just had that gut feeling. There was a lot of things that were, you know, he was acting different on. And there was just something where I, in my gut, I just knew something was going on. And I don't know, was that kind of the same experience for you? Or did you did you find things or... Yeah, you know, I I actually, I really thought Jason only had eyes for me. So in my gut, I knew something was off. Um, even the day we got married, as I was walking down the aisle, I, I knew deep down something wasn't right. But I never, ever thought it would be betrayal. So, um, but a couple of things had happened. And at one point, Jason had confessed to an inappropriate relationship at work and and then again, a couple of other things happened, which led me to confronting Jason. And um, and so, so yeah, it was. I really never thought this would be my story. I thought it would be, you know, the gal down the street or mm-hmm. whoever, but not my story. No, I hear you on that. And Jason, yeah. did you, did you, you know, how long was that recovery process for you? I mean, I know with Michael, it's you know, obviously we've had our slips and stuff, and it's been difficult. But it, was it something where you? you were like, okay, I, I need to, I have kids and I have a family and I'm going to, you know, go through with this and, and, and be straight this way. Um, 
You know, it was a little different for me in that uh, we were early in our marriage. We were only a few years into our marriage. We had no kids. Oh, wow. Um, we had no, I mean, Shelly Shelly made three times as much money as I did. We didn't have a whole lot of assets to our name. Like, it would have been really easy to just cut ties and go separate ways. Um, and I think it would have been really easy for Shelly to do that. For me, the, the the beginning was really wonky in that sometimes I was trying to change and doing the work for me, and sometimes it was just to save our marriage. And, you know, my motivation kind of, it kind of, it kind of uh, what would you call that, like shifted back and forth between those. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, and, and I don't think that's wrong or bad today. Some days it was for good motivation. Sometimes it's for better motivation. But ultimately, it, it landed at I have to change because I've got to be a different man. Mm-hmm. And if that results in Shelly seeing something worth staying with me, then, then that's kind of like the, the mega bonus at that point. But I ultimately realized I had to change. Absolutely. And, you know, I was actually rereading um, some of the earlier um, chapters in the book this morning, just to kind of refresh my memory and just reading the part of, of you know, Shelly, you discovering and Jason, your feelings after that. It, just reading that, it just brought up my own experience all over again. And it's amazing just the insanity and the pain that goes along with all of that. And, and I'm sure with you guys, even being as far along as you are in this, you know, you can still respect the pain from a sense of, you know, knowing where you guys are now compared to then, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, how impactful, oh, yeah. it's, how impactful it still is. And there's one thing, one of the many things that I love about y'all's book is the whole debunking the myths, the eight myths that you debunk kind of early in the, in the part one of the book is something that, you know, for our listeners, you know, obviously not everyone out there is a sex addict that you know, any relationship that deals with infidelity doesn't mean that there's addiction attached to it. And what I love right. about those myths is that it's not really specified toward addiction. Obviously, you know, you suffer from addiction. I suffer from addiction. So we relate, but people that don't, aren't even in an, in an addictive program can relate to those too. And, one of them for me that I remember telling so many therapists and to Jana, in the, which is the second one, just for an example that you talk about is, you know, for you is not, not acting out again is all it takes to build trust. And that it, it's almost laughable to me when I say that out loud, because that's how I viewed relationships. That's how I viewed initially building back trust with Jana. I always told myself, it's like, if I didn't act out, if I didn't do the things that I did, what would I ever fight about with Jana or what would I ever fight about with any spouse or partner or girlfriend if I didn't, if I didn't get caught and do those things. And then with, you know, Jana and I trying to, to reconcile and everything, I was saying the same thing to myself in the back of my mind. I even used this to you, honey, didn't I, as Mm -hmm. as an excuse. It's like, okay, you're complaining about this, but I'm not acting out. Totally. And you know, to your point, all those myths that I write about in there are, those were all the justifications and rationalizations that I use. Right. What other myths? Right. So, just for our, what other myths that our listeners um, are there that you write about? Uh, things like you know, time heals all wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get through this when she decides to forgive. Mm-hmm. You know, those are just a couple where those are just the things I was telling myself because I was in in such a, a shameful place and in such a defensive posture early on. You know, I would say snarky things like that, that really at large our culture believes. And like that, that's like, 
you know, those are common sayings in the context of marital relationships that are experiencing difficulty. And I hung on those and tried to use those as leverage to get Shelly to do things differently and treat me nicer and that kind of stuff. Right. And in, in retrospect, what I, what I realized now, you know, 15 and a half years later, is I was just trying to make me feel better, and I was really disregarding her pain and her process of grieving. There's no Does question. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Oh, 100%. I mean, Mike did the same thing. It was honestly, for us, I mean, he would be, there would be zero empathy and defensive because in his brain, he was just like, well, I'm not acting out. So, but I'm like, and at the end of it, I remember we went to a therapist and I said, me divorcing you now isn't going to be because of the affairs. It's going to be because of how you're treating me now with the no empathy and the defensiveness and just that, that, you know, the anger that it's, you, you're not like feeling my pain. You're not there with me. And it's like, you're not, you're not sitting there with me and empathizing with me. You're just saying, well, I'm not cheating. So, and I, that was, that was, I'm like this, I, this is why I'm going to divorce you, Michael. Like, don't you see that it's not because it's not because of the affairs It's because of how you're acting right now. Which was, which is almost harder to accept because then it's it feels even more personal because there's not a tangible thing that I'm maybe a, a tangible event that happened, you know it's just a it's just a series of actions or reactions over time that's cre- causing her to feel that way, which is almost more right. personal. And Shelly, I have a question for you. You know, one of the myths is you know he wouldn't do this if he really loved me. Just for you know, listeners and whether male or female that are dealing with that, like, what's your advice to them? Like, what was your mindset like? to coming to that place of realizing, okay, oh, he, he does still love me. Just because he did these things doesn't mean he doesn't, he didn't love me. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was really, that was a huge <laughs> part of my process was because I really thought, and Jana, I don't know how this, how this worked out for you. It's, and uh, let me just kind of segue for a second. Jana, you are beautiful. I mean, you are so gorgeous. And so there's a part of me, like, whenever, you know, we were invited to be on your show, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, if this could happen to you, this could happen to anyone. Because for me, I I felt like I wasn't enough for Jason. And I felt like if I had been, I mean, I kind of went through the list. You know, like, I, I'm not enough if I were smarter, had bigger boobs, smaller boobs, bigger butt, smaller butt, whatever, you know. But ultimately where I landed is if I had been sexier, this would not be my story. And this is my fault because I'm not sexy enough. Fast forward when Jason and I went to the first therapist when we, you know, after I confronted him and we shared, hey, here's where we're at, here's what's going on, he turned and looked at me and said, okay, Shelly, why don't you share now what what did you do to to cause Jason to make these choices? And Mm -hmm. so that was just fuel to the fire of me feeling like this is my fault. And and if and and I know what you asked Mike was more about like, you know, clearly he doesn't love me or he wouldn't have done this. Mm -hmm. And so again, this this was a huge part of my journey, recognizing that these choices Jason made, while they did affect me and caused a ton of pain, they actually were not about me. These were about holes in his heart that, and, and coping mechanisms and, and ways that he was trying to deal with the pain in his heart in an illegitimate way. And, and it started well before he even met me. 
Yeah. It started in his childhood where he started to use sex and sexuality to medicate. But again, it really took me a long time to to get to a place of groundedness and, oh, th- yes, this has hurt me, but this is not about my inadequacies. I think that's yeah. the hardest thing, though, for women, because, I mean, I, I felt the same thing. You know, the first time I was just like, it's because I didn't have big enough boobs or because I didn't dress sexy enough or because I didn't wear the, the sexy lingerie to bed. And <clears throat> so it was just... I think that's where every woman goes is because we don't, we immediately go, well, they were, you know, we weren't sexy enough or we didn't have that sex appeal, um, which is unfortunate that we go there, but it's about going on the other side of it, you know, where we're at now, knowing that it has nothing to do with how we look or, or anything like that. And that, that too, uh, can I say something else about that? Please. You know, I perpetuated that too, because some of the story so basically, when everything hit the fan for us and, and Shelly confronted me, that was really the second time that she had done that. She had done it nine months prior. Right. And I had lied and made excuses and then turned it on her. And I had told her, mm-hmm. hey, if you would have more sex and have different sex, and especially if you would initiate sex, then we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she kind of bought all of that lie. And then and then over the, that nine-month period, she... You know, she changed her wardrobe, changed her mm-hmm. the way she talked, the way she dressed, the way she did things, where we went on vacation. I mean, that's so she sad. went through and jumping through all the hoops, trying to make herself different to to fix me. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think for Shelly, and Shelly, you can speak to this. I think when we hit the fan for real and we started into recovery, Shelly ultimately moved to a place where she was like, I've already tried to change me. And so that it almost like gave her a handhold to say, I've already tried to change me and it didn't work. So now you got to change you. And that was really important for us. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, that's just you saying that Jason is a testament to how impactful just listening. You talk the way you talk. it, It sounds like the book, you know, and for me, what, what was great about like how you, how you deliver things and how you talk about things is, you have like this, this innate way to like softly call out the male, you know, like kind of call, call us out, but in a, almost in like an inviting or respectful way where it's not a shameful way. And so it, you, like, you're just saying, you know, I, cause I did the same thing to Jana. I tried to, to, to put it on her. Like, well, why don't you wear this? Or why don't you wear that? I'll never forget that. That was the worst thing ever. Yep. We were sitting uh, in a restaurant yeah. and I was like, why don't, why won't you sleep with me? And he's just like, well, why don't you why don't you come to the bedroom with something on rather than just a big old t-shirt? And I just remember sitting in the restaurant and bawling and I left the restaurant because I was just like, oh. I thought that that was like, I'm sorry, even triggers me. I'm like, I thought that was, you know, sexy. I'm sorry. Yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm really sorry that, you know, that's one of those things that I've apologized tenfold to Jana and I see the pain in it right now. And I feel the pain because the unfortunate thing is, and Jason, I know you can relate to this, is the stuff that we said or the stuff that I said to Jana, none of that was even true. When really totally. the, the thing that I love the most, and now it, 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 what's unfortunate is I incurred, like I, my favorite thing that she wears is a big t-shirt to bed. That's uh-huh. literally my genuinely uh-huh. and completely true. Like that's my favorite thing she wears. But unfortunately, especially early on, because of the, the damage that I did, 
in that moment and traumatize her from that, like it's hard for her, it's hard for her to accept my act, my, my truth yeah. now, you know? And so yeah. we just put ourselves in the situation. I put myself in the situation where now I'm have to like fight against my old self and what I said and my habits and behaviors and convince her like, no, this is actually genuine. This is actually true. Yeah. One of the most healing things has been when I am triggered or when something comes up and I remember the pain from the past, to be able to vulnerably share that with Jason, Jana, just like you did with the three of us and, and all your listeners, <laughs> and which is so brave of you, and then for Jason to sit with me in that. And to, I mean, whatever it might be, whether it's to hold me or to just sit next to me and to experience that pain with me is one of the biggest gifts that he has been able to give me on the other side of all of this. And and so I just appreciate, like, Jana, when you got teary and, and I could hear the pain, I was like, okay, Mike, come on. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. right. You know, because I really think that that we are 15 years in and these things still come up and it is so important that I am still heard in that and it actually brings us closer together whenever we experience something like that. So, I mean, I know you said you've been 15 years. So, I mean, is that something where it's, you know, Jason, are you, are you always consistently empathetic? Cause I guess that's my fear where I'm afraid cause you know, we're three years into discovery i'm afraid okay let's say our t- in 10 years i have a trigger that comes up and he's like god we're still dealing with this 10 years later and i, I that's yeah. like that's my fear that that's something mm-hmm. that's going to come up because it's it's not going to i wish it i wish it you know we can forget about it but i know that's 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 so naive thinking i know we're going to con- i know i'll have triggers and you know as long as i um communicate it in a healthy way but i'm afraid that he might get edgy about the fact that he still has to, you know, deal with it. Yeah. Well, so, the, you know, one thing that's important to note, so we're, we're 15 and a half years in, but Shelly and I are on the slow track, all right? We're, we're like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure for y'all and probably a lot of other people, like, the, the process is going to be a whole lot faster than for us. We just, we're just on slow track. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I've cycled. There have been times when I'm, Shirley says, hey, I'm triggered, and, and I just kind of put my hand on my forehead, and I'm like, really? Still? Right. But, but today, by and large, and, and Shelly, you can, you can score my report card on this. By and large, you know, I've internalized that and embraced that. that that's part of our process, and it's, it's important for me, for my heart, for my soul, to love her well when she's triggered, whether it was justified or not, whether it's rational or not. Like for me to enter into her pain with her when she feels that from here on out is just me being a good husband, regardless of whether I'm in the doghouse, so to speak, or we're paying for past sins. Like it's just good for me to be a good husband that way by entering into her pain with her. Absolutely. And I completely agree with that. And I think, you know, the way I've tried to, you know, interpret that as well is that's an opportunity. You know, instead of right. early on, it, it felt, you know, which I understand why Jana would still have that fear because of even early in recovery, I would still have the audacity to say, because I was still stuck in the hole, I'm not acting out. So you should trust me. 
So I was still stuck in that mindset where, you know, if I'm not physically acting out, you know, why, you know, why are we, why are we dealing with this? And, you know, let's move on. But now I try to, and again, like you said, Jason, I think Jana can attest to the report card for majority of the time. I mean, we're able to treat it as an opportunity to, to show up and not just for me, but also for Jana to an opportunity for her to try to express it or articulate it in a healthy way, which doesn't always happen, which is understandable. And that's my, yeah. that's my job to allow her the latitude to however she needs to express it or, or, you know, let it out, you know, give her the, the grace to be able to do that. Right. And you think about, um, you know, wives that go through betrayal are, are grieving, right? You're on, you're on the other side of betrayal and what you're doing is grieving. And, and if you think about this in any other context, let's say somebody lost a loved one in a tragic accident, like would we put a statute of limitations on their grieving? No. No, we wouldn't say, hey, in, in 11 years, you can't talk about the loss of your son anymore or the loss of your mother anymore. Like, we would never say that. That's a great point. But yet we, we want to do that to our wives in this process. Like, hey, there's a point where you can't talk about it anymore. But if we see it as, you know what, they're still grieving. And grieving is making sense of your story. And she's going to be making sense of her story for the rest of our lives. And that's a, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Shelly, why'd you stay? It's mm, a great question. Great question. <laughs> I, I, I resisted staying. It took me like 18 months. Maybe Jason might have a different account of it, but no, at right. least eight, okay. At least 18 months before I was able to say, okay, I, I am saying, and the reason I stayed was Jason made it really, really hard for me to step away from the marriage. He literally turned, he changed from the inside out. And I got to this place where I was like, well, dang, I don't want some other gal benefiting (laughs) from, you know, all of this. Like, I liked who he was on the other side of this. And I, it's like, I mean, I knew who he could be and who God created him to be. And, and then he, and not that it was, I mean, we are on the slow track and not that it has been perfect by any means, but he truly, he made it difficult for me to step away because I, I fell in love with the man that he changed into. Yeah. So that's, mm-hmm. that's why I say. I will say to say something I'm sure Janice thinking is, you know, I've, I've even since discovery uh, almost four years ago, I've still given Jana plenty of reasons to leave. Oh yeah. Whether it, you know, still omission or any kind of lying or relapse or slips or still more justification and rationalization, I've definitely give her given her, you know, plenty of ammunition to leave and the fact that she's still been strong enough to see enough of a of a change at times to, you know, still you know, want to keep trying and staying is, I mean, is you're holding on by the skinny skin skin. <laughs> I was, I was for, sure. yeah. for a long time. I was, yeah. it really yeah. wasn't since the last year that I've, yeah, I've year. really gotten sober. You know, I was just, was it a few weeks ago, about a month ago that it was my, you know, one year sobriety. And it, mm. it's really been the last year that Jana and I have done the most amount of work. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, like, I think that's when you, you tapped into your empathy, though. I think that's where it was able yes. to switch. Where I was able yeah. to, like you talk about and a lot. full recovery, the, too, where it's not just middle circle. You know, it's like right. you were really like. Right. I wasn't living in the middle circle. I wasn't, yeah. you know, white knuckling things. I was doing the work. And, you know, yeah. Jason, you talk a lot about shame in the book, in, which, again, whether addiction or not, people can attest to. And so I think I was finally able to let alleviate you know let go of a little bit more of my shame and, and, and tap into more of that empathy um who was whose decision was it to you know do the book you guys have the redemptive com, which i want to you know tell the listeners to go to but was it was it something that were you scared about coming out with all of it or or you just kind of wanted to you know help people i mean what was what was your kind of thought process with all of that you, you want to speak to that you want me to speak to that shelly well, I'll, we both can. I'll, I'll just say for me, early on, Jason was like, I want to help other men. I want to help them experience the freedom that I have. And I was like, good luck, honey. Have fun. I'll, I'll be over here. You have a great time. I was uh, like, I, I don't want that? anything. I don't want anything <laughs> of that. What? No, no, no. It sounded more like this. I will not be the poster child for being betrayed. All right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Understandably so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that initially I didn't want any part in it, and I was happy in my career and, and doing all sorts of other things, but there was just that that still small voice that kept um, wooing me toward helping women. And so it, it's been about a decade ago that I started helping women by facilitating support groups and so I don't know. I mean, Jason, I'll let you speak toward your desire to write the book. But for me, it was just, I'll say it was just hard for me to step into this space of helping others and putting our story out there. That's yeah. not what I wanted. Yeah. And I had been telling our story um, more and more often, more and more frequently. And, you know, working as a, working as a coach and counselor, helping people in their journey, I always led with my story. Um, so the book really came about as like this, this question just comes up every time when somebody calls our office and says, we need help. One of the questions that always comes up is how will she ever trust me again? Or mm-hmm. how can I ever trust him again? Right. And so what, what I found, this is, this is my personal experience, is when I asked that question of people myself, it was always nebulous. Like, well, work hard and one day she might and right. there'll be a miracle. And there was no, there was no, there's no meat on the bone. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of started looking at what the heck have we been doing? What tangible, tactical things have we been doing? What, what wrong ways of thinking have I been operating in that haven't helped? And which ones have been right thinking that have helped. And so that was kind of what spawned writing the book. Like, let's give people tactical stuff to actually work on rebuilding trust. Which, again, me personally, I will forever be grateful for that because it changed my life. And, you know, it's Will fun- you tell the listeners the book again? Yeah. The title of the book is Worthy of a Trust. And if you deal with any kind of infidelity, definitely go get it. And some along with that, it's, you know, Shelly, I commend you a lot, too, for... A, jumping on board with it and being willing, and two, adding your, you know, your Shelly's thoughts, you know, throughout the book. Because again, for me, even when I was reading it in treatment, which this whole world of addiction and all of my shame and all my pain and where it comes from, it just I'm just discovering all of this. But being able to hear your thoughts and read your thoughts along with this, again, helped me 
kind of decipher it and, and, and put myself, allow me to feel a little bit more empathy and put myself into Jana's shoes uh, of what she might feeling. So I, I, again, I speak for myself. I personally appreciate you being willing to step into that world and, and, you know, give your two cents and help Jason with the book, because I don't think it would have been the same without you. Honestly, and I can totally relate with how you felt about, you know, not wanting to be the poster child for betrayal or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I wrote a book um, while I was starting to write a proposal and Mike um, basically ripped up the entire thing. We got into a huge fight. I mean, it was it was was bad. Yeah. Jana was was writing a book, started to write a book and, you know, wanted to tell like part of it. Because I wanted to help. I'm like, there's a reason why this happened. And, you know, it's already out there in in a way that he had an affair publicly. So I'm like, let's help people with this. And that was my whole... Because I'm like, this happened. People know about it. So let's show people how you can rebuild trust, how you can make this work. Where's the silver lining? And he looked at it as just like, I don't want anyone to know. I looked at it as shameful, as just pointing the finger, as put, you know, I just felt a blanket of shame. That's all that I felt. I was like, I don't want people to talk about this. I don't want to put, you know, gas on the fire. I don't, you know, I don't want any of that. I want it to just sweep it on the rug and let it go away. And I was like pleading, like, please, like I need someone to help relate to me because I feel so alone and I know I'm not alone and I need, I, I want this for other women. And it was right. just like this battle. It was this battle until I was able to, it was honestly when we started doing the podcast mm-hmm. that huh. we started getting emails Jana started showing me like direct messages she would get on her social media. And I I slowly started to kind of get this validation that, wait, we actually can help people. Like maybe what we're doing is a good thing. Maybe Jana knew what she was talking about and I can just get out of my shame and address it. And so it wasn't, it was just a few episodes ago that, you know, it was speculated for a long time that I was in sex addiction. I went to rehab and all of that, but it never came from Jana, Jana or I. So just about a month ago, we decided on the show to address it and control the narrative and own it. And it was because on the show, we were so open about our life. We're so open about what we've been through in our relationship. That was like the one last skeleton we had in the closet that we hadn't talked about. But obviously, it's a major part of our story. So it felt, you know, inauthentic to not talk about. And it was just another way to reach that much more people, that many more people that may be suffering from the the addictive aspect. Mm-hmm. So we totally relate to that. And I totally relate to that. Um, yeah. But seriously, thank you guys. Just thank you for, for, for being a, a light for us too, because that's, this is, you know, we want to help people and you know, you guys are showing the way. Mm, thank you. It's, uh, it is definitely, I was going to say it's definitely a privilege, like to hear you guys say that, like it's a huge privilege to know. And it's also, as you guys are experiencing, it's also a huge motivator, Yes, you know, to hear like that our story has impacted y'all then just makes me want to keep doing the work to get better and grow and make our marriage stronger. And it's like everybody wins when we get honest and authentic about that. Mm-hmm. There's no question. I'm sitting here, you know, as we're talking, I'm I'm looking at this quote I have. I just put it on my desk earlier this morning, and it, it says, We suffer to get well. We surrender to win. We die to live. We give it away to keep it. It's from Richard Rohr. And just as you guys are talking, I'm like, I feel like this quote is, you know, it's, it's kind of speaking to what we're talking about mm-hmm. um, and just the importance of 
giving away. Um, sometimes when we when we share our pain, when we share our insecurities, um, gosh, just a blessing for others, and and that's how we're able to. Jason, what you were just saying, like it makes you want to do a better job. It makes you want to be a better husband, a better father, et cetera. So I think yeah. it's cool how that giving back. Um, Mike, I have a question for you, though, because you've mentioned a couple of times. So I get, sorry. I, no, please. Can I interview you? Yeah, I mean, we're all for it. We love the dialogue. Okay. Um, so I'm curious because you said, and, Jana, you mentioned just a bit ago the empathy piece really being the turning point for you guys in your healing process. And with the women I work with, that seems to be such the missing element. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women, like, the, the affair is actually not what's going to um, cause the divorce. It's mm-hmm. the lying. It's the yeah. defensiveness, mm-hmm. like you guys were saying. So, Mike, I'm just curious. What helped you go from that defensive posture to this posture of it sounds like humility and empathy? What like what made it click for you? I mean, yeah, because that took a while. I mean, it's yeah. still not perfect. It's, but, I know. still have my moments because I've always been a, a defensive, kind of short-tempered human being and so it's still an active thing for me to do and a lot of my natural reactions are maybe defensive you know like just this morning yeah (laughs) just just this morning just because i was jana had been up and was ready to start the day i was just waking up we just traveled from a different country last night and so jana was asking me about something i just got defensive about it and it was kind of you know and then a few minutes later once we were away from each other i texted because i was just like what am i doing like why was i i didn't have to be that way you know, so it's still something I struggle with. But for me, I, I mean, we, Jana and I got to a place where she truly gave me like an ultimatum where time had passed since the actual infidelity. And so basically she confirmed the myth that this is a myth, the whole, I'm not acting out. Why don't you trust me? She confirmed that. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to leave you if you do not stop being defensive. You do, If you don't show me empathy, you know so on and so forth, but I'll still yeah. stuck in that mindset of, but I'm not acting out or I'm not, you know, whatever it is. So it, it just, she, we got into a bad enough place where she told that to me and I realized like, this doesn't have really anything to do with me acting out. This has to do with everything else too. But why does it have, like, I'm just trying to think like for the guy, like how, why is it so hard for, for the men to be? Cause I mean, I, same thing with you, Shelly, like I get DMS all the time. Like, the husband's like wants me to get over it and you know they don't feel the pain i don't know why you guys can't sit the, sit there with is it because of the shame i think it, yes 100% and, and jason can speak on this too i think for me it's definitely shame and i think it's a biological thing too where we just naturally aren't as nurturing or empathetic as women so for us the pride and the ego that kind of neanderthal mindset we just allow that to get in the way because of what society teaches us because of maybe how we're raised i like the car accident one that you said that you that we had a therapist our, our therapist here in la make you watch something and i think that helped sometimes too for you for empathy yeah what was that it was like basically i got into a car accident and i need you to help me you need to carry me basically yeah because mm, right. you just you just took off my two legs yeah exactly mm. 
think the other aspect of it is, um, you know, kind of conceptually, uh, our our emotional maturity as men, our emotional maturity kind of stops where our addiction starts. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of us, you know, we were 11, 12 years old whenever we were starting into this sexual stuff. Right. And it's at the point where that was really ramping up that our, emo- our emotional maturity got stunted. So like for a lot of us guys, and this is not an excuse, it's, it's an explanation, not an excuse. It's like we, we didn't develop, you know, mature and develop into what it means to be an empathic, tender person because of the stuff that's been going on in our lives for usually a couple decades. Yep. So part of our recovery is not only stop acting out and doing all that stuff, but part of our, our recovery is that emotional maturity and development and empathy is a part of that. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And because it, just again, for me personally, it's every time I had feelings or whatever, I didn't know how to handle them. So I acted out sexually. Right. Yeah. So instead of confronting them and dealing with that, that feeling or pain, and you know, just went elsewhere, just like anyone with any kind of an, an addiction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I want to say one other thing about something you mentioned there, Jenna. Um, they so much. I hear this a lot of people in the culture saying, well, it, it, this is really about a weak woman. Have you, has anybody said that to you? No. Like you're a weak woman for staying? Oh, weak. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's some been some mean people that have said things, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely heard that before, but in my, I think I'm super strong for staying. I think the easiest thing could have been to leave. You totally agree. Yeah. Totally. I think agree. it takes a really I, strong I think- woman to stay. It takes more strength and more courage to work through the pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, anytime you see a good man in this recovery process, chances are there's a really good woman next to him. A hundred percent. Absolutely. I, I really want all of us to get together. So can we make this happen? Because <laughs> I love you guys. Oh, my gosh. You guys, what, you guys live in the Denver area? Yeah, we're in Denver. All right. Well, anytime you guys are in LA or Nashville and for in Denver, you just, let's just stay in contact and cause we think okay. you guys are great and we just cannot thank you enough for this conversation. And I just mm. thank you for everything. We could talk to you guys all day. So we appreciate your time right? and where else can our listeners like, you know, tell them real quick about redemptive living.com and, and so on. Yep. Redemptive living.com. That's our website for our ministry where, um, we do work helping men, marriages and wives, uh, that are going through betrayal. And that's all we do. That's all we specialize in. Um, Shelly runs group support groups for wives going through it. You can check out her website, rlforwomen.com. Uh, and we've got resources out there. There's books, uh, video curriculum courses, as well as obviously one-on-one help. Um, so if there's a way that we can, we can help people through the process, that's what we're here to do. I love it. Jason, Shelly, thank you guys so much for coming on Wind Down. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. It's an honor. Have a great one. You too. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Before we, before we go on? Before we go on, take a break for a second. There's one thing I want to read. To, And this is this stuck with me. I remember I reread it this morning. Are you going to break first or are you going to read it now? No, we're going to take a break in one second. Okay. I just want to read this for food for thought for the men or women out there that are the perpetrators, the one in my shoes. Okay. And this is the end of their forward and, and worthy of a trust. Said so it took a better part of five years to feel like we were stabilized. It took seven years for Shelly to say she actually respected me. It took eight years for her to say that if we had to go through it all over again, she would still choose me. It took nine years for her to say that my sexual addiction was one of the best things that ever happened to her. 
And today, as I write, this is a little over 10 years since everything hit the fan and they're in an amazing place. So that's just, you know, that I always would reread that. And as much as I acted against that in all of this kind of recovery process is it's a good reminder that this isn't a quick fix. It takes time, takes investment, but let's take a break. Okay, well, now that I am not pregnant anymore, I have got the dreaded period, but things are made easy with Lola. So Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. And the great thing is that Lola products are 100% natural and easy to feel good about. There's no BS, mystery fibers, or doubts about what's going in your body. Plus, Lola comes in a simple, okay, very simple, easy, customizable subscription. So Lola will deliver exactly what you need when you need it, which is great. They'll give you four ways to tailor your Lola subscription to perfectly fit your needs, the product type, the absorbency, the quantity, and frequency, which is great for me because, you know, sometimes I don't need all the supers or all the regulars, so I can customize it to exactly what I want, how long my flow is, because it's different than other people. So that's what I love about it. And for every purchase, Lola donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S., so they're a great company. For 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter Jana when you subscribe. That's mylola.com, and when you subscribe, just enter Jana. It's spring break time, and I know I can't wait for the week off from school and the kids' busy schedules. I think actually we're going to have a chill spring break, but we're going to be outside lots. And if you're hitting the beach, though, retreating lakeside or lounging at the pool, then get everything you need for your vacation at Macy's. Macy's has an incredible selection of bathing suits, sandals, beach towels, and even sunscreen. You can find everything you're throwing into your beach bag at Macy's. And if you're trying to dress it up and hit the town on this vacation, then head to Macy's.com to find the cutest summer dresses and the perfect accessories to dress up any look. Plus, you can order online and pick up in-store or curbside or get same-day delivery. Head on over to Macy's.com. Did you know it's important to take a prenatal multi before you're pregnant? The first 28 days of pregnancy are important in a baby's neural development, so there's really no such thing as too soon to start. And with supplements, less can be more. Many vitamin brands contain excess nutrients that our body doesn't even need. Ritual's Essential for Women is research-stacked and science-backed. So I took Ritual when I was pregnant with Roman, and I loved it so much. It was really easy on my stomach. I loved the aftertaste of the, um, they had a lemon or a mint one, and I just really loved the fact that I knew I was getting exactly everything that I needed for the baby and me. It's a prenatal multivitamin made traceable with vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy, like omega-3 DHA to support baby's brain development and choline and methylated folate to support baby's neural tube development. Capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach and a citrus essence to make taking your multis actually enjoyable. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash wine. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash wine for 20% off. 
Look, hiring is hard. Well, good news. Express Employment Professionals makes hiring easy. Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, being ghosted, and interviewing unqualified applicants. Visit ExpressPros.com to let the pros help you. Express is your full-service workforce solution, connecting you with top talent fast. Every day, Express recruits and screens workers in your area, so when it's time to hire, they have the talent you need, ready to work. With more than 40 years in the staffing business, Express helps thousands of companies find great team players each year, and they can help you too. Just go to ExpressPros.com. Each Express Employment Professionals location is locally owned and operated, backed by the support and stability of an international headquarters. And with more than 860 franchise locations, there's sure to be an Express office near you. Listen, you know hiring is stressful. So go to expresspros.com to find the location near you. At the beginning of the year, when everyone's thinking about New Year's resolutions, there's always so many competing claims, tips, and tricks about what and how to eat. It can feel noisy and overwhelming. Well, this year, Kind Snacks is inviting you to shut out the noise and leave behind diet and wellness fads that are no longer serving you. Instead, grab a Kind Bar, a nutritious and delicious way to eat more of the real whole recommended foods that we're not eating enough of, like nuts and whole grains. My favorite is dark chocolate nuts and sea salt, and I take it with me anywhere I go. It's my favorite go-to snack. The first ingredient in every Kind Nut Bar is nutrient-dense whole nuts and they're gluten-free. With Kind Bars, you don't have to choose between nutritious and delicious. Get great flavors everyone will love, including caramel, almond, and sea salt, and peanut butter dark chocolate. Make 2024 the year of Kind with delicious nutrition you can feel good about every day. Shut out the noise, trust your taste buds, and shop Kind Bars at Amazon today. Can you honestly say that the furniture that you own brings you any joy? Or are you missing a couch or a chair that really says, this is my space? Joybird empowers you to create the furniture and space that brings you joy. With Joybird, you get one-of-a-kind furniture crafted to your unique taste. Joybird offers a range of kid and pet-friendly upholstery options so that your creations can stand the test of time. That's exactly the direction that Jana and I went for our new house in Nashville. Between two dogs and two young kids, we knew we needed something that could withstand that. There's free personal design consultants to help you nail down your perfect design. It's all quality handcrafted furniture. And also they have a 365 day home trial. Skip the furniture store and bring the showroom home to you. You can sit on it, sleep on it, break it in. If you don't love your Joybird furniture, return it for a full refund. It's all hassle-free in-home delivery. They'll even remove all the packing materials. Free returns within two weeks of delivery. So see how Joybird can help you design your dream space. Find your joy today at joybird.com slash Jana. Create the furniture that brings you joy today at joybird.com slash Jana. Go to joybird.com slash Jana and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the promo code Jana. Um, How was that for you? I mean, it's it's hard talking about. I know. Yeah. I it's, see it in you. It's like, it's tough, but it they're so sweet. And I just, I... Just, I love that there's other people out there too that are showing people that there is, if there's a will, there's a way. I just, I, I'm just, the empathy piece is very interesting that she, you know, because so many women, it's just, there's so many times I just want to like shake you and be like, just sit here with me and like cry and say you're sorry. And you know, yeah. it's an interesting piece, but um, yeah, that was a, they were really sweet. I'd love to, I'd love to get to know them more. Yeah, that was that was really really cool. I think for both of us, and it's got to be like full circle for you. It, it's super full circle and kind of surreal that I was able to talk to 
again, you know me, I'm not a huge reader. I'm trying to become more of a reader. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so for this to be the, the first book, and I, again, like I've said numerous times now, I don't know the last time I read a book cover to cover, mm-hmm. and I read it twice when I was in treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, it did change my life. That's got to feel pretty good then just that you just talked to the author. Yeah. All right. Um, do we want to read some email? emails, Mark? We got some good ones. Uh, I am in a similar situation to you and Mike. Six months before my wedding, I discovered that my now husband has a gambling problem. He said he was just young and dumb and wasn't doing it anymore. Well, it's almost two years into our marriage, and seven months pregnant, I stumbled across a credit card statement and saw the amount of money he had charged to it, more than we could afford. He blamed it on gambling, but this time it felt different. The names he sent Amazon gift cards to seemed odd and were women's names. Over the next two months, I found about four more credit cards that were accumulating debt that was beyond what we could fix. He decided to go to a few Gamblers Anonymous meetings and began seeing a therapist, but I knew he was hiding something. So I went into his email and discovered he was having girls send him individualized videos. He said he felt like he never got to experience that life because we've been together since we were 15. And he felt that this was a better option than cheating because it wasn't physical. I can't believe he spent thousands of dollars on these women. It's been a little over a month now, and we're both doing counseling. I don't know how to move forward with our relationship. Mike, I want to better understand the mind of an addict. Why did he get so invested in this lifestyle when I was here for him all along? She is anonymous. (sighs) I mean, addictive behavior for sure. His excuses are just rationalization, justification. They are excuses. The whole I didn't experience this or that i mean you guys been together that long he made a choice so there's nothing to blame you're not to blame for this it was him just choosing he made the choices and you know whatever's going on with him i mean again kind of jan and i've been talking about like for men or for myself or whoever to be able to tap into empathy or to be able to go and talk to somebody about internal feelings easier said than done for for a male i mean i'm sure there's females that have that problem too but he just found an outlet for whatever he's dealing with not healthy no and you didn't do anything wrong like mike said Um, nothing wrong yeah don't be like don't and don't put blame on what he said well we been together since we were 15 like don't don't put blame don't blame yourself for that. That's not. No, you did nothing there. wrong. Right. And the line, why did he do this when I was here for him all along? I feel like she is starting to put something yeah. on herself there. Right. She can't do that. Right. And I'm not even going to sit here and say, well, how did he know that you were there for him? Like you should, did you tell him? I'm not even going to say that because that's not a, a it. If you've been together for 15 years, like. I don't know how long they've been together. I mean, I mean, since, I mean they were 15. since they were 15, yeah. I'm sorry. If you've been together since they were 15, I mean, they know they're there for each other. So. I love that you guys are in counseling. And I don't like the fact that I will say I don't like the fact that he says it's not cheating because that is still cheating. Oh, yeah. Even though you didn't physically, he wasn't physical with those women. That's still outside of your marriage. stepping outside the marriage. So I don't let him. Manipulate that. Yeah, because that's not. Go to counseling. Well, yeah, they're in, so that's good. Yeah, right. He should see a CSAT, certified sex addiction therapist. Yeah. And. He needs to not only couples counseling like you guys are doing, but he needs to go to individual counseling and and figure out and dig to see where 
these feelings are coming from. It's yeah. great that he's going to Gamblers Anonymous, but I feel like there's more yeah, to dig to into both. here. Yeah. yeah. That, it, there's a personal. You know, it's interesting because I've known plenty of guys that are in the 12 step program I'm in that come from AA or NA or whatever. And they realize, come to realize that the sex aspect is the root mm. of maybe what drove them to mm-hmm. something and else. Love too, like for slaw. It's, yeah. it's, the root is always love. There, you know, the most most roots are always about love and the lack thereof in your family of origin. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so it's you know, great that he went to Gamblers Anonymous, but that's just him believing his own lies. That, that it's that just it, gambling. It was gambling. Yeah, yeah. He needs it's to, deeper than he that. He needs to admit that he has a real problem here. There's, it's deeper than that. A- until he admits that, I think we got a rough road right ahead. Yeah. Which he needs. That's why he needs to go to a CSAT. And that's by the way, I feel like that's an excuse a lot of uh, cheaters use. Um, we've been together our whole lives. I we never got experience. to experience other women, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's no different than any other and infidelity. I'll say this, and I remember now you rereading that part, what I wanted to say when we got this email last week, it didn't have time. That whole, I didn't get to experience, Tell you, relay this message to your husband. That experience is not worth any of it. That experience sucks. It's empty. It's miserable. It's lonely, and it's depressing. Mm-hmm. Now, it's hard for people to hear that from somebody else. Be like, yeah, well, because you experience, you say that, and I still, they think they want to experience it. It effing sucks. Well, it's not worth it. You've got a baby on the way here. There's You've got a family here that you're going to destroy, mm-hmm. and it's not worth that. That life isn't going to make you happier than your wife, than your kids, or anything like that. Again, that's where it's, there's something so much deeper than just going to a gambling. Right. It falls deeper than that. All right. This is from Brittany. My fiance and I were actually at your live podcast here in L.A. Oh, awesome. what up, bro? I wanted to ask a question during the show, but my fiance gets embarrassed, so I refrained. <laughs> After we left, he opened up and said, we have a lot of issues. Oh. We just got engaged and have started to plan the wedding. But we are stuck in a very difficult spot. My fiance is religious, and I am not. Mm-hmm. I want to get married outdoors, but it's important to him and his family to get married in the Catholic Church. Neither one of us is budging. I've suggested we go see a therapist, not only for our other issues, but for this particular subject. He says we can't afford to see a therapist. What do we do? Um, first of all, thanks for coming to our live podcast. Brett, Brett. Um, the not affording to be able to go to a therapist, I think, is something where you need to budget because there are therapists that do take insurance. Mm-hmm. So I think, and also... Okay, maybe we just budget out the month where you can afford it because it's important. And being saying that I understand it can be expensive. I do. I do have empathy for that. But at the same time, it's your marriage and you need to talk to somebody and sit down because it's, you know, it's important. (laughs) It's your marriage. Just because, you know, saying that we couldn't afford it your wedding's going to be expensive. So maybe cut down on one thing so you can go see a therapist mm, right? instead of having a cake, do cupcakes. I don't know. And then to cut down on costs. So that way you can see a therapist because you won't have the successful marriage. If you don't, if you have, if you have all these issues and the only reason you're not going is because you don't have the money. That's not, that's not a reason in my personal opinion. Yeah. I mean, again, we're empathetic to the fact that it is expensive. We totally understand that. And, but again, like Jana said, break down your expenses for that, for how they are monthly. Be like, all right, we can not eat out this many times because we want to use that money to see a therapist, whatever it is. Um, 
it's tough that issue. I feel like we kind of ran into this a little bit. Because so? your your family's more religious. Right, but I didn't care about getting married in church. Right, but I know your family cared about it. I, re- I mean, well, I have some keen insight into this actually okay. because the, our, my biggest issue with my wife, our biggest issue as we were dating, was that she's religious and I am not. Mm-hmm. And so the compromise we came up with, and by the way, there's going to have to be give on both sides of this right. for Brittany and her fiance. It's mm-hmm. not a matter of either of you budging. You're both going to have to come together. So we kind of came together with, and it was actually very similar because I wanted an outdoor wedding uh-huh. and she wanted a church wedding. So we had her pastor from our church come to Wisconsin mm-hmm. and do an outdoor wedding. So it was the religious, the ceremony she wanted in the setting that I wanted. And that was the compromise that we came up with. And I, I know there were people on her side that would have preferred us be in a church, but this was what we, this is how we came together on this. But don't they, the Catholic priest technically can't marry outdoor. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh. So it's, it's, uh, I I might be saying this wrong, but I'm pretty sure when we were looking into this is the Catholic priest technically can't marry outside. They can, but it's not really under the Catholic laws and rules. Got it. Well, that is, uh, that's which a is, different situation. Than which ours. is interesting. And that's to that point though, the fact that it's a Catholic church, he's very religious Catholicism, you know, that they have their rules. Mm-hmm. I grew up Roman Catholic, so I get it. Um, so that that is tough. I don't know. I mean, if you can budge, like Mark said, if cause she wants to get married outdoors, but it's important for him and his family. At the same time, though, I know you want to get married outside, but if it's really important to him, maybe you do an can, outdoor reception. Yeah, like an outdoor reception, just kind of meet in the middle. That's interesting. You know, because it that is unfortunately it is tough because, I, and just look at it this way. A church, depending on the venue, can still be very beautiful. Oh, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. And so, maybe, maybe it would rain the day that you were going to be outside. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe, so maybe, and just so because it, it just says get married in the Catholic church, not necessarily their church. So yeah. find a beautiful Catholic cathedral near you or something like that. Find something that's gorgeous that'll do weddings and do it there. But there's going to have to be compromise yeah, I'm moving like, forward in all things. Well, right. that's the thing. I'm like, there. maybe this is something a little bit bigger than inside outside. Yes. It seems like when you say yes. other issues, when issues in quotations, there that, that seems to not be about the church. Let's just say that. You're going to be raising kids. You don't want to be fighting about that. Yeah. Every Sunday morning, you don't want to battle. So and let you me tell you, save up out. the money for therapy. Because when you do get married, you got to go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Taylor. And this one's, uh, uh, last one. My boyfriend and I have been together for two and a half years. We live together and he bought a car six months ago that we share. Last week, I got rear-ended. It was not my fault. The other person had insurance. However, when I told my boyfriend, his first question was, were you on the phone? And his second question was, is the car okay? (laughs) He didn't even ask me if I was okay. He was extremely mad at me and hung up on me. Oh, it was a pretty traumatic experience that shook me up, and it's just a car. It's a generic sedan. It's nothing fancy. When I told my boyfriend how mad I was, his response was, I've worked my ass off for that car. My blood, sweat, and tears to earn that car. I feel like we're not going to see eye to eye on this. Am I in the wrong? I mean, you're not in the wrong for asking that he should have asked if you were okay. I mean, you got yeah. into a car accident. I can understand a man's passion for his car. I mean, like if I leave a gum, a gum wrapper in Mike's car, like he loses his mind. 
if I leave water bottles. I mean, like he's he, men, men in their cars. It's like their prized possession. But and we should be their prized possessions. But you know, you just that's a tough one because again, I know how much you love your car. But at the same time, I feel like you would still ask if I was okay if I if I hurt your truck. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Clearly, Mike doesn't believe this, Taylor. No, I no, I wouldn't. The first thing I would ask is, "Are you okay?" And then also, how bad's my car? Yes, it would. It would be. It would be difficult to have an appropriate length paused in between those two questions. <laughs> Jesus. But I'm just. I'm just. I'm just being honest. I'm just. You know, I. I would. I would genuinely care because it's. And that's the thing. He should realize a car is just a car. You can replace that. I understand. Work hard for it. Worked your ass off to pay for it. Get that. But, but it's replaceable. Your girlfriend is not. Or well, maybe in not. his mind it is. <laughs> you are, Taylor. No. That's t- he should have. Uh, I mean, that's he should have said if you're okay. That's not very nice. And you know what? You should go to him and from a very empathetic place and be like, hey, I am really sorry about your car, but I want you to know it hurt my feelings that you didn't even ask if I was okay. So it, just come and, to him and talk to him from a good place. Yeah, and validate. I understand that you work really hard for this car and I'm so car. sorry I honestly it's not like she meant to freaking nothing wrong it's not like she meant to freaking do it I, I I'm concerned honestly with these two I see this as a big red flag now I'm not a car guy I drive a Prius it gets me where I need to go <laughs> right but in this situation you were in an accident and he made it all about himself yeah. and I'm wondering if you think about your relationship in the grander scheme if he does this a lot if things happen in your right. life and he just makes it all about him. You're going out with your friends. Well, what am I going to do when you're out with your friends? He makes right. it all about him. Right. I'm concerned. So if you see that, because I see that's kind of a narcissism Mark. trait. So yeah. I say, careful here. Tread lightly. It's two and a half years in. Just have, keep your eyes open. There you go, Taylor. Uh, I, and I will say, she said she was rear-ended. Yeah. So yeah, that's even her fault. Right. So that I can understand if she ran into the back of somebody. Yeah. I would. That's when I will definitely be like, are you okay? Okay, you're fine. Were you on your phone? <laughs> like, what were you doing? Right. Because that would piss me off. Right. She's rear-ended. Right. She was, so, yeah. I, Taylor, you have every right to be pissed off at him for being pissed off at you. In case you guys didn't know, Dunkin' Donuts now has breakfast sandwiches. They're freshly made with delicious ingredients. You got choices like sausage, egg, and cheese, bacon, egg, and cheese, turkey sausage, ham, egg, and cheese, veggie, egg white, or the egg and cheese breakfast sandwich. Dunkin' just launched its new Dunkin' Bowls as well at participating restaurants nationwide. Guests can choose from the egg white bowl made with egg white, spinach, roasted potatoes, cheddar cheese, and caramelized onions, or the sausage scramble bowl made with scrambled eggs, sausage, melted cheddar jack cheese, peppers, and onions. Dunkin' also recently introduced three new signature lattes, blueberry crisp, caramel craze, and coca mocha. Stop by your nearest Dunkin' to try one today. Duncan has over 50 locations in the greater L.A. area. Odds are there's a great one near you. Um, that was a good show. How are you feeling? I'm so tired. Is that what it is? Yeah, I'm pretty tired. Okay. Yeah. Because I know, like, you know, some of the stuff talking to, to Jason and Shelly, you know, brings up stuff. Yeah. But I, just, I felt some... Well, no, it's hard. I don't... Honestly, I think I'm I'm so tired. I could, like, ball my eyes out right now because I think there's a lot of emotions, but I think uh, the majority of that is I'm just tired. So when I'm tired, maybe I get eat more triggered easily. Because I can tell you've held back some emotion. It's because I, yeah, it's because I think I'm just like overtired and I don't want to like cry fast right now and wind down. So <laughs> I'm good. Overwhelming. Because I'm, like, I'm, everything's good. We're good. It's just, you know, 
I think when I'm tired, maybe more things come up for me. I'm but I am. Thanks, babe. If th- more things come up for you. Thank you, sweetheart. And I'm here for you if you want to talk later. Yeah, I'll probably cry later. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> We're gonna have a good cry later. <laughs> Wind up later. You guys want to join us? <laughs>